eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task, one with so many options and paths that you end up feeling overwhelmed and confused instead of inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, mindset, and home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, I am so happy to be back recording episodes and hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Unrooted Mama Podcast. If you are new here, I have taken about a month off from the podcast, from recording and pushing out episodes because I just had my third baby and took a little bit of maternity leave just to kind of give myself and my family time to adjust to the new change. So thank you so much for coming back. If you are a returning listener or if you're a new listener, then hi and welcome and I'm so happy to have you here on the Unrooted Mama podcast. So there's so much going on in the world right now and there's so many different things that I thought about covering on my first episode back, but I did some reflecting and thought about what I wanted this first episode back to be about And I feel like I've been through a journey, obviously, the past month and a half with the last stage of pregnancy and then childbirth and then adding the third baby to our family. So it's just been a lot of new things and I've had a lot of time to kind of just sit and reflect and think about everything that's went on. So this episode is going to be about my birth stories, mainly focusing on the one that I just had, but I'm also going to talk about my first two as well. So Towards the last stage of pregnancy, I started posting on my social medias, asking people about, you know, what to bring in the hospital bag, different tips for laboring unmedicated and things like that. And I also mentioned that I was going to have a birth center water birth for this last baby. At least that's what the plan was. Um, And I actually got a lot of questions about, oh, well, what, what is a birth center? What's the difference between giving birth in a birth center versus a hospital? And I've got a lot of people like asking questions about the birth situation that I had specifically and just about like unmedicated birth, water birth, birth center birth, and a lot of questions about postpartum healing and stuff like that too. So I thought I would just make an episode, lay it all out there and cover the birth story and a little bit about the postpartum phase with you guys. So every birth is different and I want to start out this episode by saying that all birth is beautiful and valid. So I don't want anybody to think that because I wanted a water birth, because I wanted to go unmedicated or anything like that, that I am putting down any other option of birth. If you have a C-section, that is amazing and beautiful. If you get the epidural, that's amazing and beautiful. Like No matter how you give birth, I want you to feel seen and supported and loved by me. Like No matter how we birth our babies, we are all equally amazing. So I just wanted to put that little disclaimer out because I know some people are like, well, why are you trying to go unmedicated? Are you shaming people that get an epidural? No, I don't want anybody to think that's what I'm about. We are all awesome. So just want to lay that out there. So kind of just to start off, it was a while ago and it's not really fresh in my mind um, because I feel like 
especially when you do go unmedicated, even if you don't, at least for me, birth is one of those things that I cannot remember. Like I get so in my head and almost in this meditative state that weeks and day, like months later, I'm still like, I don't remember literally anything that happened during that. You know, I remember being in the zone and then I remember seeing my baby's face and that's kind of how it always goes for me. So I'll kind of briefly mention my first two births. With my first son, it was in 2016. That was my first birth, but I knew that I wanted to try to go unmedicated. Really, the only knowledge I had of unmedicated birth was looking at birth stories on YouTube. But from everything that I heard and everything that I watched, I knew that going unmedicated, even in a hospital setting, was something that I wanted to try for because the idea of being strapped down to the bed, not being able to move, just did not seem enticing to me at all. So I was a little bit open-minded, like, okay, if it gets really, really bad, I'll get the pain medication, but I want to go in there at least trying to birth by myself and, you know, bounce on my ball, things like that. So that's what I went in with the mindset of, and I had amazing support people with me. Um, Pretty much my water broke almost two weeks early with my first child. It was me and my sister. We had just went out with one of my friends who was a photographer, and she was doing maternity pictures for me. And so I got all dressed up, did my makeup, and we went out to take these maternity pictures. And on the way home, we stopped to get food, and then my my sister and I went into Target. And walking into Target, my water ruptured and started leaking. So I was like, okay, what is this? Like, you know, it wasn't a huge gush of fluid, so I didn't know that I was in labor 100%. I had to call my mom. She was like, call the nurse advice line at your hospital, see what they say. So I called the nurses and explained what was happening, and they were like, yeah, come in to be safe so we can see if it's your water or not because if it's your water then you know you need to be admitted and you need we need to see if you're in active labor. So I walked around Target with my water leaking, grabbing the rest of the stuff for the hospital bag because I thought that I still had like almost 2 weeks left. Nothing was ready. I didn't have like any of the adult diapers or any of that kind of stuff that I needed for the hospital bag. So we went and shopped and then um, we got to the hospital And my friend that did the maternity pictures was actually planning to come and do birth photography for me as well. So she came and she brought essential oils and a diffuser and her camera. And so me and my sister and that friend and my husband just kind of went into go mode in the labor room. And from start to finish, I, you know, I got to the hospital at about 5 p.m. and I was five centimeters dilated already, which was crazy, or I think maybe four or five, I honestly don't remember. But I was dilated to the point where they were like, yeah, we're gonna admit you, that was your water that broke. So they broke my water for me, and from the moment that I got to the hospital, from the time that I had my son, it was almost exactly seven hours. So I, you know, labored unmedicated, I and then the nurses had me start pushing they were like hey you know he's not really progressing and moving down a lot so let's do some practice pushes I pushed for almost two hours with my first and it was all coached pushing I never felt the urge to push I was exhausted my legs hurt like I was literally just in the pushing position for two hours and finally he came 
Um, and I, it was just not a great experience. It like laboring did make me feel empowered pretty much the whole time. The lights were dimmed. I had music going. I had my salt lamp on and you know, my support people were apl- applying counter pressure for my back labor. But besides that, I was really in my own zone. I was lit- literally just listening to the music, closing my eyes and bouncing on my ball pretty much the whole labor. Um, so the labor was really good, but then in terms of, you know, the, the whole medical team making me push when I did not feel ready to push, it caused tearing. It caused me to be just exhausted. And I really just didn't feel like I was in control. So overall, it wasn't a bad, um, birth experience by any means or traumatic or anything like that. Aside from, I guess, my midwife, pulling out my placenta instead of letting me deliver, which caused me to start hemorrhaging. That was a little bit traumatic. Um, But besides that, everything else went like pretty smooth. And I felt really accomplished that I, you know, didn't get the epidural, which again, if you do get the epidural, I'm not saying that you're any lesser for that, but it was just a goal that I had. And everybody that I told that I wanted to go unmedicated literally just laughed in my face. Like my support people, and family were really supportive and encouraging, you know, about that. But almost everybody else that I told, friends, like extended family, so many people were like, oh, okay, well, wait until that first contraction hits and then you'll, you know, you'll be screaming for the pain meds. So it was really empowering to know that I did it, you know, unmedicated. That was a huge goal that I had and I hit. So that for me was a big moment in my life. I feel like it was a really good stepping stone into motherhood, but I didn't really know that birth could be any other way. Like I thought that the whole, okay, get on your back, it's time to push. And then them, you know, saying push one, two, three, four, you know, I thought all of that for two hours, I thought it was normal, you know? And the more I read about birth after my first birth experience, the more I realized that it did not have to be like that. So with my second birth, I thought about trying to do a home birth or a birth center birth or something like that, but really it was just such inopportune timing. Um, We had just, my husband's in the military, and we PCS'd while I was 37 weeks pregnant. So we had just moved here. Uh, It was the most chaotic third trimester of my life. Like The whole thing was absolutely awful with our experience moving here to North Carolina. We pretty much got into a situation. I think we came here and I was like 37 and a half weeks pregnant. So we got here, we finally found a house and the house was literally like, we didn't realize because you don't know until nighttime, but it was infested with German cockroaches. So we got into this house and it seemed really nice. And then nighttime came and they started crawling all over the walls. They were crawling on my son in his sleep while we were like on our blow up mattress and nothing else in the house. And at that point, we had talked to the realtor. We were like, hey, we know that there's a cockroach infestation. This is disgusting. We're not bringing a baby into this house. And um, we also had like a run-in. The first night that we slept in that house, it was a rental house, a man literally pulled up in our front yard, blasting his lights into our bottom windows. And him and a woman got out of the car screaming at us in the house, thinking that we were someone else. Like we had to call the cops. Um, They finally left, but it was literally the most stressful 48 hours of our lives trying to get out of that lease. And I was 37 and a half weeks pregnant. So while I really wish that I could have planned a water birth, a home birth, something peaceful that I wanted, we really just did not have the time 
to be able to dedicate making my birth plan with our new location. We were so stuck in this housing situation. We had to like scramble and find another house that was actually safe for us to bring a baby into. So finally, like we got into the house. I think our first shipment of stuff came. So we were able to like get a bed set up, get the last minute baby things. And then it was pretty much go time. Like I only had one appointment at the hospital on the military base that we live at. That was the only like OB appointment that I had here. And then I gave birth at I think 38 weeks in two days. So it was a very, very short time span. And because of that, I just did not plan the birth like I wanted to, I guess. Um, I just did not have time for it. So I ended up just giving birth at the military hospital on the base that we lived near and that my husband worked on. Um, and it was not, I don't know, it wasn't a horrible experience, but it was not the experience that I wanted at all. This time around, I was a little bit more open-minded. Honestly, the two hours of pushing and feeling myself tearing and bleeding out really just scarred me. So I knew that I did not want that same birth experience again. I liked that I, you know, labored unmedicated, but the actual birth to me was not empowering. It was not a good experience. And just because of that, I, you know, was kind of a little bit more open-minded. So I got a doula and I had the intention of trying to go unmedicated, but was kind of just open to whatever. So it was September 24th, 2019. And in the morning, I feel like almost immediately I knew that I was in early labor. Like in the morning, my mucus plug started coming out. I started having a little bit of bloody show and then I immediately went into very mild contractions, but they were consistent. They were probably like five, six minutes apart and they started getting a little bit more intense. So we headed to the hospital just to make sure that I was not like about to pop out this baby. I got there and I think I was only two centimeters dilated when they got me in triage. So they were like, hey, you know, you're only two centimeters. Go walk around somewhere since you are having like, you know, contractions. Go walk for a few hours and then come back to us and we'll see if you progressed. So we walked to, you know, the store on the military base and, you know, we were walking around. We tried to get some lunch at the food court, but my contractions got super, super intense. So we were only walking around for about an hour and then we headed back to the hospital because I was in so much pain. So we got there and I was six centimeters dilated and they were like, okay, wow, like that hour of walking got you four centimeters progressed. Let's go ahead and admit you. And then they did not have a bed ready for me. So I sat in triage pretty much by myself, just like with the most intense back labor. I hired a doula, but they only let her in triage for a few minutes and then she had to go back out. So I was sitting in triage for at least a couple hours. I really don't remember exactly how long because it's so foggy now, but I sat in triage with super intense back labor for like two hours just sobbing because there was so much pain I couldn't have my support people with me that were literally there to like help support me and you know apply counter pressure for this back labor that was miserable so they wouldn't let me off the triage bed and I was just stuck there so because of that you know they were like oh are you going to get the epidural or no and I was like well I want to try to go unmedicated but I'm open to having the epidural. And because I was open to having it, they told me that I needed to get IV fluids. They were like, well, to even be considered for an epidural, you need two bags of these IV fluids. So 
they moved me into a room, but I still couldn't get off the bed because the nurse wanted me to sit there because of the IV. She wouldn't let me like walk around with it, wouldn't let me get on the yoga ball and bounce or anything. And if you, you know, have experienced birth and back labor, you know that that is such a painful feeling, just the intense contractions, the horrible back pain, like it's all in your lower back. And it literally just feels like people, like someone is in there trying to like shred your back open from the inside out. It's horrible. So sitting on the bed for hours, not being able to move while that intense back labor was happening made me finally cave. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll get the epidural. I cannot stand this back labor any longer. So you know, they came in, they made all my support people leave so that I could get this epidural, which I know that's, you know, that's very common to make the support people leave. But I was like, why can't my doula be in here with me? Because she's literally, you know, a, a designated support person. It was just a messy situation. So I got the epidural, I was sobbing and it, you know, it wasn't pleasant to get a giant needle stuck into my back. But the worst part is the epidural did not work for crap on me. I don't know what it was, but literally they had to bring the anesthesiologist in two more times to replace the needle, you know, give me a higher dose of the medication. Eventually he said that he was giving me like the same constant or like the same type that he gave c-section patients just to see if it would like work on me see if it would help numb things up at all and literally nothing worked so I think one one and a half hours before Cora finally came that's my daughter's name um you know we had a switch then the night team came in and one of the nurses got me in a position with the peanut ball laying on my side where I could finally have a little bit of relief like there was a 45 minute period I think where the epidural finally worked and where I wasn't feeling the back labor and the contractions anymore so once that happened I was really grateful <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that got me through transition so the epidural kicked in just in time for transition contractions and then when it was time to push I could still feel her like I could feel the ring of fire I could feel the pushing all of that stuff but the cool thing is instead of two hours of pushing I only had to push for 10 minutes because this team and you know this midwife let me tell them when I felt the urge to push so you know I pushed for 10 minutes she was out it was it was awesome and this midwife I told her about the experience that I had in my first birth with um, the midwife pulling, putting her hand around the cord and yanking out my placenta, which caused me to hemorrhage in my first birth. And I told her about that and she was so sweet and like, let me have this really peaceful, like they didn't even do the stomach pushing thing for my placenta. They let me like, like do the placenta birth completely naturally and like at on my own pace. And it was really awesome. So the labor experience for this one was horrible like worst labor experience ever in terms of not being able to move epidural not working having to have the nurse put a catheter in me when I could literally feel every single bit of it like all of it was just awful my this labor was horrible but then the birth experience was really really positive so it was kind of opposite in terms of my first birth right my first birth labor was really really good and then the birth was not so great in this one the labor was really really bad but then the birth experience was really good and I know that no matter what happens the most important thing is that me and the babies were healthy both times right so I can't really complain about that you know like no matter what 
what the labor and the birth were like. My babies are here, they are healthy, and I am here and healthy. And that's ultimately what matters. But still looking back on it, I still felt so kind of unsettled because I've I'd never had a great labor and birth experience together. So when I got pregnant with our third baby, it was really, really unexpected. We were not planning on it. We were not expecting it. We honestly don't know how it happened. But, you know, I knew that no matter what, I wanted to have a good birth experience this time. I knew exactly, like, what I didn't like about my first two births, and I knew what I wanted to be different this time. So instead of just going with the flow, going with the provider that I was assigned for our insurance and giving birth on the military hospital again, which would have been convenient because we moved houses and the hospital is literally a three-minute drive from our house, but with the experience that I had last time, I just didn't want to do that again. So I opted for a birth center, and this birth center offers water births. They don't even have like pain medication in terms of epidural and anything like that offered. They have the water births, um, midwives, literally just everything that I would want during labor, this birth center had. The only downfall is that it is an hour and a half drive from our house. But for me and for a lot of people in our area, that's a trade-off that, at least me personally, I was willing to make. So, you know, I really took the reins this time and immediately I was like, no, I'm doing the birth center. I'm going to do this on my terms, how I want to. I really just wanted a good experience because this is going to be my last baby. Like my husband and I have always known that after three, we are done. So, you know, we're going to take measures after this to make sure that we don't have any more babies. So I knew that this was going to be my last baby. And I knew that I didn't want to have any regrets with this birth and any, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done this. So this birth was so much different than the other two. Both of them were military hospital births. And again, like they weren't horrible. They weren't traumatic, anything like that. But just all in all, it wasn't, neither one was the labor and birth story that I really wanted. Neither one made me feel like I was in control, made me feel like empowered and completely happy and satisfied with how things went. So this birth was just, it was amazing. Um, And it was crazy. Like people say that the third is always a wild card. I expected it to be so fast. And I honestly did not think that I was going to make it to the birth center. Like the whole time it was, oh, I bet you're not going to make it. But um, (laughs) so I started having contractions on July, no, June 14th. It was about 6 p.m. when I noticed that they were getting consistent. They were about six minutes apart. They were pretty mild, but the birth center being an hour and a half away, I did not want to chance it. And, you know, the midwives told me, you know, typically we tell people to come when contractions are two to three minutes apart, but when they're about five minutes apart, you can head in because we don't want you to give birth in the car. So my contractions were six minutes apart, very consistent for about an hour, maybe two hours. And I was timing them on this app. And at one point I got this little notification that was like, get your hospital bags ready. You might want to think about heading to your hospital now because of, you know, how consistent they were. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, we just need to go. I don't want to push this baby out in the car. So my husband and I grabbed our bags. Luckily, my sister made it down here in time for her to watch our two older kids. 
So she watched our two older kids and my husband and I headed down to the birth center. So we got there at about 9 p.m. and I was four centimeters dilated. So I was in like active labor, just the early stages of active labor. Um, unfortunately, when we went there, we got there and then my cons- my contractions slowed down. They weren't as consistent. At one point, I think they were like 10 minutes apart, but the midwife came in and was like, hey, with how far you live, we really don't want you to go back home. So just stay here. You know, you and your husband can get comfy, try to take a nap, you know, get some good rest in. And then I bet things will get amped up in the morning. Like you can go walking, you can do this, you can do this. So that's what we did. We kind of just chilled. We made ourselves comfy and, um, probably around 6am, the contractions were intense enough for my husband to have to start applying counter pressure for the back labor. Unfortunately, that lasted like hours. So I was in an early labor total for I think about 18 hours. Finally around 1 p.m. the midwife came in and was like, hey, you know, you're still only five centimeters dilated. You know, I, I was walking around. I was bouncing nonstop on the yoga ball. I was doing squats and hip circles and changing positions and doing everything to try to progress and it was not doing anything. I also tried to let my body rest as much as I could. There was a bed in there. So, you know, there were a lot of times where I would try to lay down and get rest, but the contractions would be so intense that I would have to get up to have my husband apply the counter pressure. But we were also allowed to eat. Like my husband brought an entire watermelon and we were snacking on the watermelon and bread, you know, drinking water, taking walks outside in the sunshine. But just overall, I still just felt like I was not progressing enough. And at that point of 18 hours of like back labor and early labor, I was just exhausted. And because of that, they were like, you know, we can break your water if you want us to. You know, this isn't something that we do a lot. We try to be very minimal intervention. But in your case, we feel like it would help speed things up if you want that, you know, but it's totally up to you. So me and my husband made the choice for them to break my water because we were like, I don't know if I can handle another 18 hours of this. Like I, we were just ready to meet our son. And honestly, we were like ready to get back to our two older kiddos at home too. Like, you know, at that point we had been away from them a day already. And I was just so worried about them, especially my youngest, she's only a year and a half. So just all in all, we were like, you know, this is a good idea. Let's have them break your water and just get things going. See if it helps anything. So at 2.50 p.m.-ish, the midwife came in with the nurse and they broke my water, which was not a very pleasant experience, but neither was sitting there for 18 hours with back labor and no pain medication. So it was a trade-off that I was willing to take. And literally, as soon as she broke my water... Right after I stood up and had the longest, just most intense contraction. Like, I think my husband said that he was applying back counter pressure for what felt like 10 minutes straight. So I immediately went into insane level of labor. I We got through that one huge contraction and I immediately like looked at the midwife and was like, can we fill up the birthing tub? So I got in the birth tub. My husband was like on the side of the birth tub. That way he could still have access to me in terms of having enough access to me to apply counter pressure on my back during the intense back labor contractions. So we got in the tub or I got in the tub and I was in there for about 45 minutes and it was So 
in the moment, it was so intense because literally I went from five centimeters dilated to 10 centimeters dilated within 45 minutes. So that like almost hour was the most intense and painful hour of my life. It was it was just crazy, honestly. It was such an out-of-body experience. Um, I do feel like it helped it being in the tub, but it was still just so intense. But it was also so powerful and so healing because the midwife and the nurse and the nurse assistant were standing there like ready if I needed anything and, you know, trying to do what they can to help in terms of like a cold rag on my head and helping me get into better positions in the birth tub. But they not at one point did any checks on me or told me that, you know, I needed to try to push or anything like that. It was literally like they completely let my body take the lead. So I think I was in the tub about 30 or 35 minutes. And then, you know, I, it was in transition contractions and I could felt him moving down the birth canal and it was so intense and so painful, honestly. Like I know a lot of people don't like using the term pain in terms of birth, but it was painful. Like it, like just progressing that fast was insane. So I felt him moving down the birth canal and I got the urge to push at one point and I like, you know, you could tell that I was pushing because I was being very vocal and loud. So I pushed and it, it anyway, it was just like so crazy letting my body tell me when to push. Like it didn't feel like I made myself push. My body just pushed by itself. So I think there was about three contractions that I felt the urge to push and I pushed and I think within 10 minutes or less of pushing, he was here. And it was just so empowering. Like I, again, I think there was three or four contractions total that I was pushing because I just felt ready to push. And the midwives were there supporting me, you know, holding my hands. That way I did not slip in the tub. Really the only thing I remember is the midwife. Like I remember I pushed, pushed, pushed. And then they said, his head is here, his head is here. And I like reached out and I could feel his head with one hand. But I really just was not in a position to be able to pull him out myself. So the midwife, I remember her reaching down and she kind of had to like twist him a little bit to help get his shoulders out. But then I just felt that huge rush of him just exiting my body and they placed him right on my chest. And it was just, it was crazy. And it was such an empowering, just amazing experience of my body completely did that by itself. You know, I obviously the the midwife broke the water for me to get things moving along, but all in all, the whole time I felt in control. I felt like I was doing what I felt comfortable with and what I wanted to do. It wasn't what other people were telling me to do. So it was so different from the two hospital births that I had because people were there to support me. And if anything were to go wrong, they have the, you know, the tools there and at the hospital two minutes away, that helps us. But I still felt like I was in control and like I let my body just, you know, birth on its own terms. And it was an amazing feeling. So yeah, that is pretty much it. Those are all three of my birth stories. Again, there's nothing wrong with any form of birth. All births are valid. And again, I love and support any person with however they want to birth. But for me, after the two experiences that I did have, I knew exactly what I wanted for this third birth. And I am just so grateful that that's what I, you know, got. I was very intentional about choosing where I gave birth at, 
and the providers and I just feel very proud that I was able to advocate for myself and put myself in a position to have the kind of birth that I wanted. So it was just an amazing experience overall and I also feel like there were just a lot of unresolved feelings within myself and insecurities that were put in place during the other two births with my other two children to where now I feel settled if that makes sense. Like with this birth experience I feel so proud of myself and it's like I did that and that was the feeling that I didn't really have resolution with with either of the other two births so I just feel so proud of my body and so grateful for my body and grateful for our birth experience in general so again what really matters is that I have three healthy babies and that I was healthy throughout all three pregnancies and births and I'm grateful for that too but again just having the birth that you want after two, you know, hospital births that weren't exactly, you know, my ideal situation is just such a cool feeling. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope that this episode gave you a little bit of insight on what birth can be like. You know, again, there are all different kinds of births, but the main takeaway from here, besides that, you know, all birth is valid and that I support you either way, is that you do have a say. If you're listening to this and you're pregnant and you want a certain kind of, you know, mood for your birth or you want your birth to go a certain way, like you have that power. You have the power to change your hospital providers. You have the power to do research and give birth in a way that makes you feel good and empowered. You know, whether that is getting the epidural or having a C-section or being induced or, you know, having an unmedicated water birth, whatever you feel like what you want to do, you have the power in you to do that. And I hope that this episode just gives you encouragement to advocate for yourself in order to get the birth experience that you want because I feel like all of us deserve to have a birth that we feel happy with and that we feel like we are in control of you know any way that you can feel empowered I hope that you get out there and you do that Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast. I hope, again, that this just gives you a little bit of encouragement to chase the birth story that you want, you know. And again, no matter what, as long as you and your baby are safe and healthy, that's what's important. But it still does matter what you want, and your voice should be the main one heard during birth, right? So like what you want and what you're hoping for and all of that like really matters and I just want you to know that. So yeah, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast. You can see I put a little birth story video out on Instagram if you want to take a look at it. My username is just at Unrooted Mama on Instagram and I would absolutely love to connect with you guys on there. So thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope that this episode gave you insight on at least, you know, childbirth and what birth can be. So yeah, just thank you guys so much and until next time.